This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to another episode of HFC Chat, the podcast made by the fans for the fans. In today's episode, we will be taking a look back at how Pearls have made it one step closer to a return to the EFL. But it goes without saying that Sunday's game against Stockport will be no easy task and arguably one of our biggest games in our club's recent history. Later on the show, we'll be joined by avid Pearly Mark Carroll. But to start the show this week, I believe, Jack, you are going to give us your overall assessment of our win over Bromley. Yeah, I am Davo. Another episode. I'm glad we're producing this episode. Another preview for another massive game coming up on Sunday, but we'll delve into that later. You know, you'll have seen from the notes I've made for this podcast, I've got quite a few things to go through from the review from the game at the weekend. But first of all, two words, Reese Oates. What an unbelievable performance you know he never stopped running he just kept going all game I would have taken him off slightly earlier if I was DC just to give him a bit more of a rest but you know when he when he signed um you know in the transfer window last year I said to my dad I said Reese Oates is going to make a good signing he's going to be a player that's going to play a key part and I'm just so glad that it's turned out well because you know in the past he's perhaps had quite a few critics and you know he he hasn't always been from his stats, you can see this, not someone who, you know, scores a load of goals, but he's completely changed that, you know, this season. He just adds in absolutely everything he does. But as we all know, it was a complete team performance. You know, what an unbelievable first half of football. Possibly one of the most complete and dominating halves I've seen from Hartlepool United team. And, you know, what a better time to turn it on against what many, as we described in the previous podcast, as our bogey team, you know, it didn't... It didn't quite seem real when the goals just followed each other and also the quality of them I think to add you know Nicky Featherson's special mention two of the goals were balls his balls over the top started it all and if it was leagues higher up you know just think how many people would have been talking about it and we can't go through this review without mentioning that goal line clearance from Gary Liddell which was you know absolutely incredible my dad said this to me when we were watching it 
you could see what he was going to do. You know, Gary reads the game so well and he just oozes class and he just keeps going and he keeps contributing week in, week out. One thing that I noticed watching part life was, you know, it was great to see Raj welcome the whole team one by one back into the tunnel, telling them, you know, how well they'd done. That, that was great to see the owner involved with the team and hopefully that will spur them on even further like the fans did. You know, the volume was cranked up for just 1,700 fans, you know, listening and watching on the TV, the noise that they made and the atmosphere that was created was, was brilliant. It, you know, it was really disappointing with the start of the second half. You know, we were caught fast asleep and, and not really on it. We can't allow that to happen, especially against a team like Stockport, who will without doubt punish us. And again, at the end of the game, you know, the game was seen out, but, you know, it was just a bit poor defending. I know DC will have picked up on that, but I really don't want to take away from our performance. I was absolutely buzzing, like you will have been, Davo, like all the poolies will have been, and progress on to the next round, so to speak, you know, is a great achievement. But I know DC and the boys won't just settle for that. We'll preview the game later on in the podcast, but Davo, what did you take away from Sunday? What impressed you most? But is there anything as well that worries you ahead in the semi-final? I mean, firstly, it's funny you mentioned about resorts because I think, you know, and I'll be honest, <clears throat> I was one of the people who actually slandered the signing back in the early part of the, the summer window. I just thought, well, I was worried because, you know, you, you see players who return to clubs for the second time or even the third time. And I just thought, you know, we're a football club. The demand was high this season. We finished ninth after 39 games last year and... I just knew the demand for this success this year was going to be high. And I just thought, oh, because you, you, again, not to be awful on race, but, you know, you look at his records elsewhere, the other clubs he's played for, it hasn't been great. And, you know, we needed a goal scorer this year, but, hey, I was wrong and I'm more than happy to admit that it's been probably, and I think he'll admit it as well, I think it's been his best season and he's probably his entirety of his football career, goal scoring wise. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal, but, in terms of what I took away from the game, generally, it's nothing new. That first half display showed how much of a threat we are. Once once we're in one of those moods, we're just electrifying. And, you know, I was really impressed with the opening 45 in particular. But again, nothing nothing, nothing new. It's the stuff we've seen all season. For example, you know, the class shown by our fullbacks, when they got that licence just to get forward and attack and attack, it was relentless and it was brilliant to see and, it was actually Sterry in particular who caught my eye again. And to be fair, that it was unlucky not to score with, with a great header, you know, forcing a good save from Cousins. Our midfield was absolutely relentless through the whole game. Each and every one of them, the press, the quality. I mean, just, <laughs> you've mentioned it, but that pass from Ferguson leading up to the first goal by Oat was ridiculous. I mean, it literally was Chavi-esque to, to say the least. And I've spoke about it at the beginning there. Oates, immense. His performance really did epitomise his season. And honestly, it demonstrated why he scooped those awards last weekend. I wouldn't say I'm worried because we both know fine well what we're capable of. You know, we're capable of beating anyone in our day, especially if we replicate that first half against Bromley. But the thing that concerns me was, like you said, that second half performance where, you know, we were a little bit cautious, I would say. You know, but we were three in the up. I, I just didn't understand why we didn't go attack, but it is where it is. We won, we're through. And, you know, it's 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 just important that we just... 
I think my nerves are really starting to come through now. But I think if we play like we did in that first half, then I think we'll be fine for sure. The main feature of this podcast, the preview ahead of Sunday's huge tie at Stockport. 12pm kickoff at Edgeley Park and we've split this preview down into different sections today. But firstly, as we're accustomed to, Davo, please can you give us the preview, including their top three to watch in your opinion? As always, mate. So Pearls head to Stockport on Sunday on the back of a 3-2 home win over Bromley in the quarterfinal eliminator last weekend. Looking back at the last eight away games, Pills managed to collect 12 points from 24, winning three, drawing three and losing two. And in our last six matches overall in the National League, we got nine points from an available 18, winning three and losing three. But as we know with these playoff games, they are a one-off event and with regards to form and all that stuff, well, as we know, it goes straight out the window. Stockport, however, come into this one having not played in over a fortnight due to not having to play a quarterfinal as a reward for finishing third. Now, this, some may argue, will not only will give not only a physical advantage as players should, and I emphasise should be feeling slightly fresher, as is understandable. But in addition, and maybe most pivotally, they could be fresher mentally. I think it's important to state that this may not be the case, and it definitely isn't an excuse. Poles obviously had to mentally prepare themselves for the Bromley game last weekend and now once again for Stockport this weekend. And if they win, they've got to mentally prepare themselves for a huge final as well. They finished the National League season with a 1-0 win down at Yeovil. With that result in mind, they finished the season 18 games unbeaten. The Hatters have also not lost a home game in their last 10, winning four and drawing six. And just before I mention my players to watch, a quick stat for you all. Only Stockport themselves have picked up more National League points than pulled since the arrival of our bagsman Luke Armstrong. However, they have picked up three more points, having played four more games. And just lastly, my three players to watch this weekend, I would say, are the club's top goal scorer Alex Reid, midfielder John Rooney, and the club captain Liam Hogan, who was recently awarded the club's Player of the Year award. Yeah, thanks for that insight, Davo. Well, it seems that now is the perfect time to welcome Mark Carroll, someone who has become somewhat of a regular now on the podcast. Mark, first and foremost, how much did you enjoy Sunday against Bromley? Well, I think that 45 minutes um, was probably one of the best that we've seen for quite some time. We, we had everything. Before the game, we were seeing a little bit nervous because Bromley have been a bogey team to us, not just this season, but previous but that 45 minutes really had everything, everything you could really want from the team. We produced and, you know, resource. I think he was still on, on BT Sport about his 45 minutes, but really him and Luke Armstrong up front especially just took, took Bromley's defence apart. I mean, Bromley, we've seen since the change managers how defensively solid they've been. Don't give many goals away. I've watched it a few times when they've gone to Stockport and talky and drawn games and being really solid but they just couldn't handle they couldn't handle the front two and they just couldn't handle the uh the, the pace and the energy that the whole team played with and the game was won no doubt about it in the first 45 minutes it was it was wonderful stopped at half time three nil okay we made it a little bit more nervous than it needed to be but when a big game we produced and i think i said to you last week when we spoke that um, we need to play the game, not the occasion, and mm. we certainly did it. Yeah, 100%. Now, moving 
on something else, you know, something that pulls that has become regular in terms of a system played under DC is the 3-5-2 formation. It seems to work really well as we're blessed with Fergie and Jamie Sterry. I mean, you can't ask much more, can you? But I feel that 3-5-2 really suits the way we play and I'm, I'm not sure we would be as strong if we didn't play that formation um, or we lacked Fergie and Sterry. But my question to you, Mark, is... If we didn't have those two that I mentioned, would you prefer that we played an alternative formation such as a standard 4-4-2? Yeah, that's a different one, yeah, because we've played, we've, we've seen we've tried to play sort of 4-3-3. Three, three. Hmm. It, it, sounds, it sounds silly, but when we've, whenever we play the back four for whatever reason, it doesn't look, it doesn't look the best, it doesn't look as comfortable. Um, the sort of players we've had. I mean, we missed Little for quite a long time. I think, I think with him in the back four, it's a it's a bit easier for for us to set up that way. Um, but for for me, it would I would always want to have two up front. So I probably would go four four two. Um, although I, I look at the team honestly, the players we've got, I'm not sure that that really is our best. Is those formations our best? You know, three five two for me just suits the players we've got because for me the two wing backs we have, um, I'd say Sterry is a better defensively than Ferguson, but the two of those players are literally given license to attack, and they they really are sort of more wingers than defensive players. So if we didn't play the three five two, I think it'd have to be some, for me. I'm traditional. I'd go four four two. Because I, I think we've seen in games at the start of the season where Dave Chaloner tried to play the 4-3-3 and I just didn't think it worked. I didn't think the players we had in that formation looked at all comfortable. Um, and, I, and I think that whatever striker we've got, playing, playing up front, we need to play two because I think even when you see playing three through the centre, I don't think we've really got many players who were suited to playing almost like a lone striker leading the line. All of our strikers for me are better in a pair. You know, even even resorts. I'm sure he could probably out of them all probably do a, a best job playing through the middle. But even then I still think that the two wider players for me you always seem to the old central man always seems to be left isolated. So this season definitely three five two is the is where our success has come from. I mean, in t- I mean, sticking with that theme, I mean, moving on just a little bit to Sunday starting 11. I mean, realistically, I mean, I'd expect no changes. I mean, especially after seeing that first half that you've just spoke so well about. But the only change that you could possibly see, and it's unknown at the moment, I believe, as to whether it's expected, is Gavin Houlihan, who came off last Sunday with a knock. But he was hopeful on Twitter last weekend that, you know, the swelling there emerged after the game would subside. So, Let's hope that he is in the team come come twelve o'clock on on Sunday. But I mean, Mark, would you agree with that, or do you expect suspect changes? I mean, also, I mean, could we see Luke Monaghan yeah. on the bench? It's been a tough season it's for possible. him. As yeah, it's it's... I, I, I wouldn't change. I certainly wouldn't change the team. Uh, I was disappointed that Lewis Cass missed out. Um, that was a that was a big disappointment because we talk quickly talk about him. Um, you've seen the goal today, the replay, of the Stockport goal. Where he picks it up from the edge of his own box and ends up driving forward. You know, you know, we, we lost a little bit of that with him not being there on Sunday um, because Odessina 
didn't have a bad game, but he just didn't seem to have the same sort of drive forward. He was just seemed to be more concentrated on just, you know, the defensive side. He, him and Cass and Sterry, when they played together, they both pushed forward and one overlaps. And Cass, nine times out of ten, ends up on the edge of the opposition box, putting a ball in, where I'd have seen him not as comfortable in doing that. That's fair enough. But I think the only change would be if Houlihan, um, there was an issue with him. Um, and I think when you look who you would put in midfield in place of him, maybe Molyneux um, could fit in there because of the other midfield players we've got. I, unless, you, unless you disagree, I can't think of any other midfielder that's currently sort of on the bench or sitting out it would be a natural replacement as attacking midfield player for Hulan, other than I say maybe it's Luke Molyneux. Um, the only changes I can see is maybe he's on the bench. There may be, there may be, as I say, maybe where Molyneux comes in onto the bench, another attacking option. Um, but I can't see many changes at all. I think you've, you know, anybody who's carrying maybe a bit of a knock. I think it's such a big game. You've got to just put them out there and. Uh, and put everything on the line to get to the final. You, you know, keeping with that theme of Luke Molyneux, Mark, I mean, it's been a tough season for him. I mean, physically, mentally, I mean, everything really. I mean, he's really struggled to pin down a regular spot in that starting lineup. But truthfully, Mark, mm. I mean, why do you think that is? He's a player full of ability, and we've seen him in the past that he can come on and he can change a game. So, I mean, truthfully, Mark, why is he struggled to pin the place down? Don't think, uh, when you look at the system we're playing, I don't think. Um, I think they've tried to play him as a wing-back in some of the friendlies. It doesn't sound to me, from when you listen to Dave Chandler, that he's that the player himself is too keen to play in that position or comfortable. So you look elsewhere, and you, we've, tried, we've seen him play almost as another striker. He did that against Stockport. I don't really think that's his best position, playing centrally as another striker. Um, centre midfield, maybe. I think at Gates that he did play sort of a... You know, behind the front two at Gateshead when he was on loan there from Sunderland. But also the team, I don't think there's any other position. In the current formation, I just don't think the formation suits him because he wouldn't get in front of Sterry or Ferguson. Um, and the only other stop for me is would he play central midfield? Well, it's possible, but the form you've seen of the other players keeps him out of there. Would you play him instead of Armstrong or Oates? You know, he's, he's played there when Oates has missed out some games. I mean, the Torquay game he played up, up centrally and got a goal. But it just hasn't been a pin, pin a place down in the team. It hasn't been to get a run. And I actually think the few games he did get a run, I just don't think the, the balance of the team... Um, it didn't help the balance of the team, in my view, when he played. As much as I think he's a good player, I just don't think he fits into the into the system we play, um, which is it's frustrating for him, I'm sure. But when he has been put into the three-five-two, it just seems to set the balance of the team. Keeping that in mind, Mark, I mean, bear in mind, we could be in the Football League next season. Would you keep him on? I, I would keep him, definitely, because I think he's a... He's a We've got a quality player, and we've you know we haven't had much of that in the past. Where we've had strengths and depth in reserve. I mean, you only go back a couple of seasons, and there's plenty of times I'd be watching from the sidelines, and you'd look at the bench, 
if things weren't going very well and you think, well, yes, we've got five subs on the bench, but actually there's no, maybe there's only one of them that you would bring on to positively change the game. Where I think now we've got a lot more options to change the game. So I'd keep him because I think he's, I believe in him that he's a, a quality player. Um, just unfortunately this season, I just think the system we play, he wouldn't, he would, he's, he's, he's limited from where he seems to want to play. I mean, we've heard from Dave Chandler um, this week basically saying that the player himself has got his own idea of where he wants to play, and he's sort of like, you know, boxed him, boxing himself into, this is the position I want to play, and I'm not too keen on playing anywhere else. Well, unfortunately, when you do that, you, you're making your, your chance of playing in the team much reduced by just focusing on one area of the team that you're going to play in. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Mark, you know, about getting in front of certain players. He's, you know, he is a very good footballer and he's someone who, as you as you said as well, I, w- I would definitely keep. And you both, you know, raised really good points about Moles there. I mean, he's a player that I'd like to see kept to the club because I do genuinely believe that he's a player that can come on and change a game. You know, we've seen that in the past before this season. I think, you know... We haven't had a squad with this much quality for quite a while now. And, and, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that Luke's missing out because, if anything, it should, for, you know, push him on to keep improving and being an even better player, which will, you know, increase the quality of, of our attacking forwards, wingers, midfielders. Yep. So, to tout this part, let's have a look back on how pools have got on over the four times we've faced them since relegation to the National League. Pools have actually won two out of the four games, with one game being a draw and Stockport winning the first encounter back in October 2019, 2-1 at Edgeley Park. Pools then got revenge with a 2-0 triumph at the Vic back in January of 2020. That was followed up by an impressive 4-0 win back in December of last year, with the latest game finishing in a 1-1 draw back in March. Pools took the lead through Gav Houlihan, but were pegged back later on. You know, in terms of head-to-head, Pools are edging this one, but we all know that anything can happen in the playoffs. Importantly, as you've mentioned previous, form doesn't necessarily come into play here. Neither does past results, as was evident against Bromley last week. You know, we just have to look back on what we've done well in the games and implement it as best we can come Sunday. But the key point that everyone is willing to hear about from you, Mark, who is going to come out of this one with the win? And can we have a prediction from yourself? Well, I've got to say we, we're going to do it. You know, <laughs> I've got full full belief in the manager and the players he's put together. So I'm going to say it's going to be, unfortunately, it's going to be as comfortable as um, Bromley. But I think we'll win 2-1. And um, that might need extra time. Brilliant. Well, many thanks for coming on, Mark. You know, it's been great to hear your thoughts once again. We in every pulley surely hopes that we enjoy another game on Sunday and a result which will see us progress onto that final. However, that well, does remain to be seen. Well, let's hope we can have a preview for a uh, playoff final. That would be nice, wouldn't it? It would indeed. It'd be a great way to sign off the podcast. Before we wrap things up for today's episode, me and Jack will both give our predictions for the game. Start with yourself, Jack. How are you saying it, mate? Well, it's really hard to predict any game, isn't it? Especially in the playoffs. For me, it's going to be another game which will definitely be tight. Uh, You know, I'm expecting it to be even tighter than I thought the Bromley game would be. 
one which you know I wouldn't be surprised to see going into extra time. I think if we play like we did, even 75% of that first half from last Sunday, but maintain that throughout the game, Pools will be taking another huge step forward towards the FL. I am going to go this week. I'm going to give you a scoreline. I'm going to predict a Pools win. 1-0 in extra time. Davo, are you feeling confident that we can get the result that we're really craving? Oh, Jack, honestly, honestly, I don't really want to answer that. Um, I am. I'm slightly confident, obviously nervous as well, but, you know, that it's it's expected. Same as last week, a huge game. It's, it's a defining moment in our in our club's history, so it's 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 to be expected. But in, in terms of prediction, look, I got it very wrong last week. But like you said, I do genuinely see this as a tougher ask, shall we say, and that's it means... No disrespect to, to Bromley, they were a good side and they have been for the you know the last 10, 11, 12 games of the season. But Stockport would be very well prepared after seeing our game. I know that Gaffer Sam and Rust was at the Vic last Sunday, so I'm sure he's drilling home to his players and making sure that they don't repeat the mistakes Bromley did in the first half. But funnily enough, I am going 1 1 again after 90 minutes. Pulls win on penalties, mate. Uh... I really hope it doesn't get to that stage. I mean, if it means that pools get to Ashton Gate, it can go as long as it needs to. But, you know, I've been, I've been having this conversation with various people and it's not the situation I want to be. I think I'll be sick before we get to penalties. I'm probably sick throughout the penalties if it gets to that stage. But anyway, that wraps things up nicely for this episode. Thank you very much to Mark for joining us and thank you to you guys who continue to listen and show us and the podcast continuous support as always if you haven't already then do follow us on twitter at hrc chat and make sure to follow and like our facebook page at Arlipool united news where you can keep up to date with all things pulled and our podcast here's hoping for a big win on sunday davo from both of us keep the faith back the boys and never say die we do hope to see you in the next one and hopefully that will be previewing what could be a massive final at Ashton Gate. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com botox cosmetic out botulinum toxin a fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if botox cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.